I tell you what, church, if you, uh, if you can't get excited about worship today, man, I tell you, it's wonderful to be in church, isn't it? God's moving in our, in our church. I'm telling you, we've had revival. It's the first time I've walked in on the office and we've had more people on the baptism side than we do in the hospital. That's a good sign right there, isn't it? If you're a guest today, we're so honored to have you with us, and, and we hope that you've been made to feel welcome and that you join right in and worship with us. You know, I was sitting here as I was watching the praise band and the team. Three of those folks on that stage, I had the privilege of working with in the youth group. I guess you can guess which three they were. I mean, they, it, it's just amazing to watch them worship, and, and so thank you. Thank you guys for this. Give these guys. It's not about them, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, such a blessing. So anyway, we're on Palm Sunday. This is Holy Week coming up. If we're Christ followers like we say we are, this is our time. We are Easter people. Amen? And so as we approach this week, we're, we're continuing our sermon series on Jesus is. And I left it blank. And if I, if I were to ask you to fill in the blank, Jesus is, what would you say? And so we've talked about that. And today, the word is this. Jesus is here. How many of you believe that Jesus is in this place? Say amen. Absolutely. And Jesus is in your life if you're a follower of his, and he wants to be a part of your life. So as we go into this, I'm going to ask you to join me as we pray God's blessing over us together. Father, thank you for another day. Thank you, Lord, for this Sunday, what it represents. Thank you for all the music, the gifts, the children. Wow. Just overwhelm us with your goodness and mercies that are fresh and new. Father, I pray for the gift of preaching as we go into this time. And I ask you, Lord, to, to bless the word as it goes out. And I pray, God, that it will speak to, to our hearts and that we will be encouraged, especially this time of the year. We ask you, Lord, to just be with us now. We pray it all in the precious holy name of Jesus. And everybody together says, amen. So we're going to start this week by reading a passage of scripture here in just a few minutes. But we're talking about Jesus is. And when you talk about Jesus to people... You get a multitude of answers, don't you? I don't know if you've ever engaged in a conversation and somebody brings it up. Well, what do you think? You're one of those people, aren't you? Aren't you, one of those, aren't you a Christian? What do you think? And so you start talking about Jesus, and you find that there's a myriad of answers that people have. But I want to tell you something. I personally believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So I'm going to start this with that. I'm going to tell you that that's where I'm coming from. And so when we, when we believe in Christ, I believe that he's the truly the only begotten Son of God, and he gives us eternal life. And we are uh, on a spiritual journey as we walk with him. And when he comes into our life, we begin to grow. I was talking to a young man this week, and he said, Kent, you know, I've been serving the Lord, and I'm excited, and, and I'm a new believer. And he said, man, I just keep learning. <laughs> I said, man, I've been doing this 40 years. Get used to it, right? God's always teaching us and opening our eyes on this journey called life. And so today we're going to look at this story. We're going to look at a story that's uh, about Lazarus. How many of you have ever read the story of Jesus and Lazarus, the story? Yeah, you've all heard it. I've heard it most of my life. But the point is that Jesus is here. You know, if Jesus had an Instagram account, there'd be 7 billion people that he'd have on his thing that he's following. You know that? I mean, he's everywhere. He was in the beginning. The Bible says he was Alpha and the Omega. And I got to thinking about it. You know, when George Washington crossed the Delaware, Jesus was there. When uh, Abraham Lincoln spoke the Gettysburg Address, Jesus was there. When Martin Luther King spoke the message, I have a dream, Jesus was there. Now you may take this, think I'm taking this, I'm not, I'm trying to put a point across. When Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon, Jesus was there. And of course, when the Cubs won the World Series, he was there too. 
my point is this, that Jesus, Jesus is everywhere. And aren't you grateful for that today? When you look back over your life and the things and how life has been, Jesus, in my life, he's always been. And I'm so grateful for that today. And that's why I preach the message of the cross is because Jesus loves you. And I'm going to tell you, if ever there was a time that we need hope in this world, it's today. And Jesus is the hope of the world. We pick up this story about Lazarus. It's in John, the 11th chapter. And in the Gospel of John, Jesus uh, comes about this story. There's three siblings. There's Mary, there's Martha, and there's this brother named Lazarus. And so we're going to pick this up at chapter 11, verse 1 through 3. And here's what it says. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters. Mary and Martha, this is the Mary who later poured expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her feet, with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your friend is very sick. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been in situations where I have had things in my life and, and I've called out to Jesus. This is a great example. You see, these two sisters, in fact, Lazarus as well, they knew Jesus. Jesus had stayed with them before. When he was in their area, he, he hung out with them. They didn't just know about him. They knew him personally. Jesus had left this area, was in another location, and when they were calling on him, he was a couple of days away. And so they reached out to him. They knew him. They knew where to go. The principle in this story is when things happen in our lives, who do we call on? Well, you know, that's a good, yeah, it's a great place to start, isn't it? But I got to tell you, sometimes I don't start there. There's a lesson in this that we should call on Christ, and when we call on him, give it to him and leave it there. They called on Jesus and said, hey, send, get him to come over here. The family was calling on him. They wanted him to come to them. So we look at verses 5 through 7. Although Mary loved Martha and Mary, uh, so Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. He stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to the disciples, let's go. You see, they had a need. They called out to Jesus, and we see what happens here. Jesus stays a couple of days. What? Let me ask you something. Have you ever prayed a prayer and asked the Lord to come to you? And you feel like you're alone? God's not on our timetable. There's a message in this. So Jesus finally leaves, and he goes to them, and there was a lesson here. By the time he had got there, Lazarus had died. And there's a hurt in their voice. Martha says in verse 21, she says, If you'd have been here, Lord, my brother would not have died. Did you notice that she hadn't give up on God? Did you catch that? We have somebody here that's a follower of Christ. And when she said, Lord, that means she's in a personal relationship with him. She hadn't give up on him. She's calling out to him. But here's the lesson. Sometimes God's timing is in ours. And that's a hard lesson, isn't it? This past week was the ninth anniversary of my father passing. And I'm, this message, I, don't, it, I had this message planned, and it just came down the pike. And I'm thinking all these things in my mind. You know, when you lose somebody, you come back, and sometimes when you go through these anniversaries of their passing and things, it's painful. And I'm preparing this message, and I'm thinking, man, I can relate to this. I mean, I can, I've lived this. And she says, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. You can hear the hurt in her voice. But I want to tell you something. When we cry out to Jesus, he is here. And he's here for you, and he's here for me. And delay is not denial. Delay is not denial denial Jesus makes it he comes comes to them and he's late 
but he's right on time. Let's look at this story a little farther. He has two responses when he comes to these, these ladies. He comes to Martha, and he says to Martha, after she says this to him, he says, Martha, in verse 24, he said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. You see what he's doing? He's speaking truth to her, that someday there's going to be a resurrection, and we're all going to gather home. And he's telling her that. He goes on in verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will never die. Wow, he speaks truth to her, and he's giving her hope. If ever there was a time for hope, it's now, folks, that we need to be preaching this message and sharing the message of Jesus. This Easter, I hope, has more meaning for you because of the resurrection and that you have hope that someday we're going to gather home with Jesus. He says, your brother will rise again. She had faith in this, in this point, and she had faith in the resurrection, but she still had grief. Jesus was speaking truth with her. He wasn't arguing with her. He was speaking to her in her despair. And in her despair, Jesus speaks truth gently. He gently pushes against the flow, addressing her hopelessness, and he's trying to give her hope. He's trying to give her hope that someday we will gather home. In verse 27, she replies and says, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Martha is reassuring herself that she knows who Jesus is. And that him, even when it doesn't feel like it, there is hope and there is life. I want to spread that message to you and my, me today. Yes, my father passed away. Yes, my heart was broke. Yes, this past Thursday I had Jeff come in here and ask me, he said, are you okay? Something wrong? And I was, I was grieving for, I, you know, it was, it, was, it was hard on me. And I, and I was trying to deal with this. And we have those moments. But I kept thinking, you know what? My father is in the presence of Jesus because he believed in him. My father is home, and there is hope in the fact that someday we will gather together and I will see him again. Can you imagine, like the song said that the little kids were singing, I can only imagine when we gather home. So there is hope, and there's a better day coming. And yes, it's very difficult, and I don't mean to minimize that. I want to tell you that Jesus is here for you, even in those times. The second thing about this is when Mary comes, she comes in her tears. And she's crying. And verse 32 says, when Mary arrived, she saw Jesus, and she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Did you see this? She's not angry. She's already to the point of saying, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Why weren't you here, basically? Verse 33 says this, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Wow. The Son of God comes on the scene. Now, this kind of confused me a little bit. When you read this in the New Century Version, it says, he was deeply moved and troubled. And the next verse that follows this is the shortest verse in the Bible. And it's two words. It's verse 35, and it says this. Well, in this version, it's three. It says, then Jesus wept. First sister he speaks to, he speaks truth gently to her. The second sister, when he comes to her, he speaks to her in tears. The real emotion of this story, Jesus gets right into the deal. What does it say about the Son of God who will cry with someone? Jesus cried because he knew she was hurting. And I want to tell you something. When we cry, Jesus knows that we're hurting because he's here. And when we're hurting bad, Jesus is with us, and he's here with us. We need to find hope in that and find comfort in that, as hard as it may be. Jesus wept. 
The truth is that he was there and he cared about these sisters in the midst of their devastation. They both were asking why. But Jesus came with two answers. He came with truth and he came with tears. And he did it in the right spirit. Tom Keller, a pastor and an author, said it like this. Frankly, everybody needs a ministry of truth and a ministry of tears at different times. Sometimes you need more of the bracing truth. We need to be shaken by a loving friend who says, wake up and look around. But other times, other times you really just need somebody to look around. Sometimes to lay truth on people when they grieve is absolutely wrong. But other times just to weep with them, not with them and not tell them the truth is equally wrong. Jesus Christ is never strong when he should be tender. And he's tender when he should be strong. And we should learn from this example. Because you know what? Jesus is here with us in the Holy Spirit. When he left, he left. He put the Holy Spirit in us. He said he would walk with us and teach us. He said he would send us a teacher. But he also established a thing called the church. And the church is a movement. And if you're a Christ follower, you're a part of that. You may be a part of Burlington Baptist Church, and I'm thrilled to death that you are. But as Christians, we're part of a bigger thing, and we're part of a movement. It's called the ecclesia. And Jesus works through that. And when we see brothers and sisters in this, like in this case, that are hurting, it's our responsibilities and it's our jobs to share and to carry the burdens with them, to weep with them, and to gently speak truth, to try to help. And sometimes we don't have to speak at all. You know, sometimes I've learned the best thing to do is just be there, just to be in, be in the presence of Jesus when he, when he came and was a comfort to these folks. Jesus is here. When Jesus got ready to leave, he told the disciples, he said, I will be with you always. I can't imagine. Can you imagine what this was like? Those guys gave up their fishing boats. They gave up their careers, and they're going to follow him, and they're following him, and all of a sudden he says, I'm going to be leaving pretty soon. What? If I'd have stayed in that fishing business, I could have retired. I got my 401K. What are you talking about? Surely they had some kind of feelings like, you know, I'm being left alone. And Jesus said to them, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. In Revelation, he says three times, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. As we go into this season of Holy Week, I want you to remember that Jesus is with you. He's here now. And it's not something that's a, it's way out there in the beyond. It's the great beyond in our midst. And he gives us strength in our times of hurting. He gives us strength in our times of sorrow. And he will lift us up. This is an interesting story. It's an interesting story because when we read on, think about Lazarus. The story really gets good now. Watch this. I mean, think about it. The result of this miracle was far-reaching. In verse 40 through 44, this is red letters. Jesus says, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. What's the whole point of this? The whole point of this? Watch this. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. This guy had been in there four days. I'd like to have a front row to that one, wouldn't you? Guy walks out, he's wrapped in grave clothes. Holy moly. You think anybody believed? Well, the Bible goes on to tell us that there were so many people believing that the, fair, the religious people were getting all upset and said, we don't stop this, everybody's going to believe. I mean, he's raised this guy, check this out. There's more to this story, though. There's multiple messages in this. When we are born again, we are raised in the newness of life. And a message is carried out and people see a difference. And the grave clothes are bound. The things that bind us are broken. And through the power of Jesus, they can be lifted. Can I get an amen on that? And Lazarus came forth. 
When I was growing up, I'll never forget, I heard a guy preach this short sermon, and he was one of them, one of them good Baptists that would jump up and down and slam the pulpit. He was fire going after it, you know. And he said the reason he called him by name and said Lazarus instead of just saying come forth is because he said everybody in that graveyard would have come forward if he would said come out. We're dealing with something that's beyond our midst. We're dealing with the Son of God. And he loves you today. And no matter what you're going through, what you're feeling, what you're hurting, I want you to know that God loves you. And he's here. And he's here for you. And he cares about you. The Bible says that many people believed. And and I just think that's an incredible, incredible story as we read this. The religious folks got excited. But we see that it changed the community. We read these stories in the Bible about people being converted. Communities are changed. We, we see it changed businesses and things are affected in different places of the Bible when people began to believe. Lazarus was a different man. Obviously, he was alive. God knew what he was going to do. Can you imagine they were thinking, we've got to stop this. What are they going to do? Are they going to take him out? <laughs> Lazarus was like, hey, I've already been there. You know, It's not going to bother me. I mean, you know, really? Wow. What a powerful, powerful testimony this was. And we see Lazarus coming forth. It's the day that we celebrate Jesus' resurrection as the Lord of the world coming up this coming Sunday for Easter. There's power in the resurrection of Jesus. There's power in the blood. The question when we read this story, it was for me, is why did he wait four days? In fact, it was a question my wife said when I brought this message she gets all this before you guys do. And she said, why did he wait four days? That's a good question, isn't it? And the best answer that I got for that is this. Jesus wanted them to know he was in control. And he's got this. And he's got you. God's got this and he's got you. Jesus has the trump card for the grave. And it's called eternal life. He is the resurrection and the life. And as followers of Christ, he bought and paid for us with the death, burial, and the resurrection. And as we go into Easter, we should celebrate that because we are Easter people. It's actually quite amazing that Jesus showed a dress rehearsal of what's going to be like at the end of time. That's what this is when you see this story. The Bible talks about in the last days, the graves will burst open. Can you imagine? We're going home. We're going home. Out of the grave, a physical resurrection. The story of Lazarus is quite a story, but I want to tell you one that's greater, the story of Jesus. He died and was buried and he rose again. And by that power, the power of the resurrection, we are saved. By believing in what Jesus did on the cross, the finished work of the cross, we can have eternal life. And he did that for us. God loves you. I want to remind each and every one of you here today that God loves you. I was talking to somebody this past week and said, man, you just don't know what's in my past. I said, let me tell you something. I don't need to know. God knows. And if you let that go and ask him to forgive you, he will wash it as far as the east is from the west. We usually have a cross set up here at Easter. Our cross got damaged this past year, so we weren't able to use it. When I walked in this morning, I saw that they had put a cross right in the center of this. That's not a coincidence. That cross, those crosses represent what Jesus did for you and what he did for me. He loves you. He loves you enough that he gave his life for you, that we can have eternal life. The story of Lazarus 
is an amazing story. It's one of hope, but the story of Jesus is the story that we, we truly must put our faith in and trust in. My prayer is that you and I, like Martha and Mary and Lazarus, would trust Jesus. You think they understood that everything that went on right there? They didn't understand the first part of it. You think they'd understand the second part? I, I, I seriously doubt that they probably understood all of that, but they got the principle of the thing, and that was that God's in control, and he's on their side. There are some things in this story that really resonated with me. As I close, I want you to remember these things, this first one in peace. And then you saw it in the story. Whatever situation, whatever situations enter your life that are bigger than your capacity, say, hey, take it to the Lord. He wants to hear from you. You and I are not alone in our times of need. We may feel like it, but we're not. Third thing is God's timing isn't our timing. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you for doing what you do. And it's always right. Fourth thing is never give up on God no matter how grim the circumstances. Four days had passed. Four days had passed. Never give up on God. He's got you. And then the final thing is this. When we pray, when we pray and send up our prayers to the Lord, remember this. It's not breaking any faith. He already knows what's going on, and he does not care what you say. Take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord and leave it there. Lazarus, what a great story. Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The Savior of the world, he's here. And he wants to be found in us. Amen. Pray with me. Father, we uh, thank you for this, this story that we've read. We thank you, God, for the truths that are in it. The things that we can see how you work in human beings to bring your purposes. And God, you're, you're working in our lives, and we thank you for that. And we thank you, God, we can feel your presence. Lord, I pray right now as, as we go into this time, I know there are folks that are broken and hurting, and I know there are those that are celebrating, and I thank you, God, for, for the fact that we can come to you in all of those situations, and that you're there for us because you are here. So, God, I pray that you would just heal those who are broken. I pray, God, that you just comfort those who are feeling lost. And I pray, God, that we would all turn to you because you are our hope, the hope of this world. Thank you for this week that's coming. Thank you, Lord, that we see the story of the resurrection. And thank you, God, for loving us enough to send your son to die in life of love and life of death. Be with us now as we sing in Jesus' name.